podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Some cars are comfy on the inside, but don't have power on the outside. And some cars have the horsepower, but none of the comfort. I used to think there weren't any cars that were the total package. But that all changed when I got my Honda SUV. It's rugged and sophisticated. And right now, Honda has deals on the entire Honda SUV lineup. CRV, HRV, Pilot, Passport, you name it. So if you're looking for a car that's the total package, the only place you'll find it is at your local Honda dealer. Hurry before they're all gone. Time to fire up the grill. Time to go to Total Wine and find the perfect flavor to pair with those burgers. Ooh, I love their beer cooler. <laughs> you love their prices even more. Wondrous selection, helpful guides, ridiculously low prices. Total Wine and more. <laughs> Hello, good evening and welcome to the Midweek Fix from the LFC Day Trippers. I am Gav and with me I have Jamie, I have Chris and I have Paul. This show of course is brought to you by footballprizes.co.uk. Check them out, um, they're on Twitter, they're on Instagram, Football Prizes, very, very simple and of course footballprizes.co.uk. This week's Liverpool prize is a Jordan Henderson signed and framed jersey. 99 I'll have to get tickets. involved in that one, Gav. Yes, 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 I knew one. you would. Um, £99 <laughs> tickets, £4.95 I think each and I think about half of them are sold already. That closes at 7.30 on Friday with the draw live on their Facebook page at 8.30. The link is in the description. Um, so if you go in there, you can click straight onto the link and get your tickets. Um, hit the like button, hit the share button, subscribe if you haven't subscribed, all that sort of stuff. I'm way nicer doing that than Grizz, who sits there in a, with a hat on um, and, a, and an original Adidas tracksuit and then just goes apeshit for four to five minutes. I won't do that to you. Just like and subscribe if you want. If you don't, nothing I can fucking do about it. Um, right, this week is um, all about Liverpool and um, we're not going to veer away towards um, the, the, the champions elect Manchester United or the, um, or the big challengers Manchester City. We're just going to stick on Liverpool if that's okay and it's been a rough couple of weeks, let's be honest about it. It's been a rough couple of weeks, some... Well, there's been a 7-0 win in there, but there's been some, some disappointing draws, a very disappointing defeat last time out against against Southampton. And what we want to do is we want to see how the lads are. It's like a counselling session. We want to see how the lads are. Um, we want to see how they're feeling. We want to see what they'd like to see in January. We are The expectations for the season. And and listen, if there's, if there's other bits in the chat that you want to throw in, absolutely do so, and the lads will answer it. Jamie, I'm going to come to you because you are probably up there um, in tied force with Andy Young as the most positive Liverpool fan I know. Um, you don't do crazy hands around Anfields or throw abuse at buses but um, how are you feeling Jamie because it has been a rough couple of games for Liverpool and we've seen I think injuries catch up on us and I don't know how are you feeling is there a way out of this Jamie or are we just fucked no first things first there's there's definitely a way out of this Um, I'll come to that in a a second I guess in terms of how I'm feeling pretty deflated to be honest I, I I think I think we've probably been spoiled as Liverpool fans over the last two years. Um, I think we've lost a little bit of perspective in terms of what's what's um, uh, what's normal for a football club. Um, you know, you have, you have to look at the last three games in isolation. We haven't looked like the Liverpool that we know or have come to know for the last two years. Um, we uh, what I would say is. The, the games in isolation have killed us. The draws against the teams that we should be beating. Um, and to compound it, it was one after the other. Um, I don't think, 
it's all doom and gloom in terms of the performance. I know some people will probably tell me different. Um, my own personal perspective is, uh, maybe we'll come on to this later in, in more detail, I think it's more of a case of us not finishing the chances that we create, albeit limited chances. But what I would say, Gav, is we we played shite in a lot of games last year and we won by one or two goals, or, or one goal, you know, a, a deflection, a bit of brilliance. We're, we're not getting those at the moment. We're not getting the rub of the green. You know, if we if we won that 1-0 against West Brom, or, you know what I mean, or we won 1-0 against Newcastle, um, we wouldn't talk about the game again and you just move on. It's just one of those games we found a way to win. The fact that we've had three in a row in the manner that we have um, is a worry. I, I, you know, I think we're right to be concerned as fans and I definitely think that we, we have to improve um, in a number of areas. Um, but I don't think it's all doom and gloom. This is Liverpool's blip. We haven't had one for two years. Most teams will go through them. City have had one. And what I would say, if we're, if we're going to try and pull at positivity strings, in fact, it's not positivity. It's just backing my team. I look at this Liverpool team and I, and I look at the Premier League and I say, what teams can put a, a, a running streak together to win the league? I think Liverpool and Manchester City can both do that. I think they can beat each other. I think Liverpool can beat any team in the Premier League on their day, home or away. I don't think Manchester United can do the same. I think it's a two-horse race between us and City now till the end of the season. We've just made it more difficult for ourselves. Yeah, like Chris... You know, I said on the show, I think it was Sunday night, I said, I think Liverpool are about par for where, for when you consider everything, like the injuries, the COVID problems, you know, the fixtures piling up, everything, when you throw it all in the mix, I think Liverpool are about par for where they should be. Now, Sean, you reckon they were, we were overachieving and, and maybe we were, but it's, it's kind of normal, Chris, isn't it? To, to ex- we can't expect to have those sort of injuries, have two of your first choice three midfielders playing at centre-back and not have some period of the season, whether it be November or January or February or December or whatever, to have a period like that where it's just going to be a bit shit until we sort it out. Yeah, you you are probably right. You you have to expect it. Uh, I'll admit, you know, like Jamie, I know we're trying to see... A lot of positives in Liverpool. I must admit, I think after the Sounds game, I must have had a bit. I can admit, I had a bit of a wobble about how it was going because I must admit, I, I actually thought Southampton would that would be a perfect game for us. Bit like the Spurs game, the bigger games actually have been not an issue. And Southampton to me is always a big game because uh, they don't like us, and it's always a, a good game. Uh, so yeah, I mean, when you sit down and think about it, you're right. You know, losing Gomez, losing Van Dijk, losing Matip. Now, we could all be very hindsighted and say we should have signed a centre-back in the summer. You know, I think I mentioned we should have done. But I, I meant it because we'll probably have a couple of weeks where we might be a bit short. I didn't expect both of them to be out for a year. And neither of them are renowned for getting out of a year. Even Gomez, he's been injury-free for 18 months. Uh, so then, you know, Henderson, Fabinho, play centre-mid, you saw what you missed there. Thiago looked a bit lost to me. Uh, but he's, again, he's come back from injury, but there's no legs around him. You know, Chamberlain just looked horrendous, but again, he's not played for four months. You know, and Genie, we've run him to the ground. And I think we're just going to keep running him into the ground until the end of the season because he's not going to sign a new contract. So I think we're going to run his legs off. So it is to be expected. I suppose if you're going to have a dip, the best time to have a dip is when you joint top. And if everyone wins their games in hand, worst case scenario, we're going to be three points off the top. And that's with your dip. That's not. The worst and that, place, and to that's be. with United, with United coming coming to our place as well. Yeah, 
yeah, so even if you have your pessimistic answer, you lose to United, it's still six points with 20 games to go. I think when you saw the Gomez injury, I'd have took that. If you said to me after Gomez going, you'd be six points off the top uh, mid-Jan, I'd, I'd have bit your hand off for that. So the fact where we are is not, it's not the we're just not used to it. I mean, this is probably the worst dip we've had under Klopp, but you ha- you're having your worst under Klopp after you've got two titles under your belt uh, in Europe and, and in the league, and you're also still in the title race. It's not like we're having this dip and everyone keeps comparing it to his last year at Dortmund. But his last year at Dortmund, they were bottom of the le- they were near bottom of the league by this time of the year and they got a run on and got in European spots. We're in a much better position than that. So you just got to hope at some point the injury the injury bug we've had just falls for us a little bit. You know, a few players a few players just could get a bit of a run together. Or even like, look, I don't expect Cater and Chamberlain to stay fit for the rest of the season. I don't. You just got to hope you get a bit of luck that perhaps Cater's run on five or six games. If he picks up a niggle, Chamberlain's then ready to go in. The problem we've had at the moment is all the players who want to come in all got injured at the same time. Yeah, I think that. Well, the way I look at it is like I get the injury stuff, and and I've been quite open. I, I've I've kind of looked to mid to late January because the Jota thing kind of jolted me. Where I went, can we get through it? And then I, when Jota happened, I went, oh, hold on, this is too many now, you know. And I kind of looked and went, when you look at the fixtures in January, if you get to the end of January, and like you said, Chris, if you're if you're in four six pointed lead at the end of January, and Jota comes back and Thiago's then in a, in a rhythm, and a, and a centre half comes in. Um, in January, I think you're looking and you're going, okay, you're still missing Van Dijk and you're still missing Gomez. You're still wondering what's going on with Keita and Matt up to an extent as well. But Chamberlain may find a bit of form. We don't know. Jones might be okay. The front team. Yeah, it's a lot of lifts and buts, but you have the people there that you've seen being done before. So the end of January, I think you're right. I think the end of January is probably a, a date you target and then look and go, where are we? Can we do something? Yeah, now the only thing is if City are ahead of you, you're going, it makes it doubly difficult. And I think the only team that will be ahead of us come the end of January will be Manchester City. But Paul, we, we, we say, we say about these injuries, we say, but like, is it a case of, is it a case of we are just running players into the ground because we've, it's just the way things have gone? Or is there an element where we've just been poor, you know, and that excuse of being run into the ground is too easily used? Because I think I think we are a bit cocksure against West Brom. Um, I don't think we are clinical enough and I don't think we made changes early enough against Newcastle. And against Southampton, we were fucking awful, to be perfectly honest, Paul. Is it is it just a case of running them into the ground or is it just it's poor form thrown on top? I think one leads to the other if I'm being completely honest, and you've got to take in a wider context of everything that's happened in the last two to three years. You know, we've ran City close, got the highest points total ever without winning the league, then went on another enormous run and absolutely pissed the league last season. With the lockdowns, with the stress that brings, with the restart and the odd circumstances and the null and void bullshit and all that stuff. And then almost no preseason, straight in, straight back at it. And you know, just the level of injuries that obviously a lot of teams have been facing. And, and, and we've obviously had the brunt of that and probably been one of the worst affected teams in the league. So I think it's, it's an accumulation of tiredness over a number of seasons with everything else compounding on top with the Van Dyke injury, the lack of balance that having such a dearth of options at centre-back really brings. So, like you mentioned, uh, you know, having your two best central midfielders playing as centre-backs is not ideal in anyone's 
book. But I think you're right in what you're saying. The the tiredness does lead to poor form and it leads to poor decision-making and then the whole thing rolls and it starts to compound. The good thing about where we're at at the moment is that we've got a bit of time to regroup because not to go too far ahead of ourselves, we've got a bit of time now until our next league game. And we've got an FA Cup game in the middle of all of that, which I don't expect a lot of senior players to play in, quite frankly. Uh, We all know, you know, or we all have our theories about Klopp's attitude towards domestic cups. So we've got a bit of time to regroup, get some bodies back, be able to get our heads together a little bit, and then be able to hopefully draw the line under what's happened in the last few games because there is a degree of this which I am a bit frustrated by because it feels a little bit self-inflicted and I think that's the most annoying aspect of all and I've said this on previous shows I truly believe that there is only one serious challenger to Liverpool's title run this season and it's Liverpool and we are at the moment a little bit like our own worst enemy but we have this little bit of time now to just sort of push the reset button, recover, get a bit of time away, regroup, and then hopefully we can, you know, do the right thing against United. And it's a perfect game to be able to obviously put a bit of distance between everybody and, and ourselves again. Well, I think the United, I think you're right. The United one probably is perfect because it'll show you if if we're out of form because I don't think the run into the ground thing will count against Manchester United it very rarely does both teams are usually up for it there's a lot of hard work involved in that game and very few times I've seen Liverpool or Manchester United sides come away from a defeat to each other and say oh well, we were tired there's never an excuse after a Manchester United Liverpool game uh, Michael Ramsey is back he says uh, waste man I don't know what that means take your head out of the clouds this team is incapable of winning a game 1-0 LFC will not win the league with Fabinho at centre back if they is, he, is he a Liverpool fan? <laughs> Michael I don't know I don't he, he, just, he drops in no. every now and then um, he's a good crack but uh, Michael I will tell you if Liverpool sign a centre back in the next 20 odd days and they win the league they will win it with Fabinho at centre back um, because he's there um, he's there for the for the, for the the long haul I suppose well till the end of the season anyway but lads you know, can, can I just say, God, there's, yeah, there's some mad yeah. comments coming through, right, in the, in the yeah. chat. And yeah. Call can I just say, say them, why, yeah. Why do, yeah. Why, do, why do football fans have to work in definitives, absolutes? So City, when they went through their struggle, they were finished, they were done. Liverpool mm-hmm. have dropped points in three games. They're finished, they're done. It's Manchester City's league. There's half a season to go. Liverpool yeah. haven't got anywhere near their peak. We've got players to come back. You know, the, the big thing here is our strikers aren't finishing the chances. I think I've seen a stat, right? If we look at the games in isolation, I think, look, we're right to be pissed off, but let's not be ridiculous about it. If you look at the games in isolation, poor against West Brom, should have saw the game out, can't give away cheap free kicks and corners against a team like that. We got punished. Curtis Jones will learn a lot about giving away the cheap corner. We move on. You look at the Newcastle game. We weren't great, but we controlled the game and we had enough chances to win, but we did not take the chances. Then, in the, if you look at... Um, the Southampton game, you give away a goal within a minute. An individual error cost us a goal. If you go to a, a decent away side who pressed the life out of you, you're asking for trouble if you've got to try and turn that one around, right? But if you look at the chances we created across the games post-West Brom, so if you look, uh, the stat was from when Sadio Mane scored against West Brom. Uh, the shock conversion rate uh, that we had been, um, uh, the chance creation rate that we had been basically um, putting in place was 15%, right? 15% since that goal from Sadio Mane. 
the average that Liverpool had seen, or in fact, if you look at the three games prior, so I think it was Fulham, Palace and Spurs, it was 58%, right? The drop-off has been, we're not finishing our chances. We've gone from 58% to 15%, which is the lowest ever in Klopp's tenure. We are not finishing the chances. We're not picking the right final ball. We look rushed. We're trying to cut lots of balls back rather than taking a shot. The front three look short of confidence. When that clicks, this Liverpool team take off again. I actually don't think there's that much of a worry at centre-back in terms of the performances we've been putting in. We, uh, the goals we've conceded. Oh, well, well, but more, we've not conceded more, that many. Some cars are comfy on the inside but don't have power on the outside. And some cars have the horsepower but none of the comfort. I used to think there weren't any cars that were the total package. But that all changed when I got my Honda SUV. It's rugged and sophisticated. And right now, Honda has deals on the entire Honda SUV lineup. CRV, HRV, Pilot, Passport, you name it. So if you're looking for a car that's the total package, the only place you'll find it is at your local Honda dealer. Hurry before they're all gone. But but my worry is Jamie and and my, my, we haven't been conceding many. I I give absolutely give you that. But the effect it's having on our midfield and forwards, I think, is colossal. Now I get you. We are creating chances and we're missing them, and that's absolutely down to the people that are being given the chances and not taking them. But like I, I said on Sunday night, I put Gino and Adam at centre back. Right. And people scoffed and went, no, no, no. My whole thing about that, I wasn't, I wasn't, I don't, I think John Henderson done all right at centre back. I don't think Southampton had many chances on Monday, no. on Monday night. I don't think they did. Genuinely, genuinely. It was a mistake by Trent. We gave them a, a present and then they had something to defend and we just, yeah, but, just get back then. But, but it was, it was, it was, it was a mistake by Trent. I thought it was a bit lazy by Salah as well. He kind of just stood there and watched the ball being hit. And it was a good finish. But other than that, Southampton didn't pull our defence apart or, or make our so-called centre-backs look like they were centre midfielders, in my opinion. But what, what the reason I wanted Wijnaldum at centre-back was is because he's brilliant in, in midfield. Don't get me wrong. He's great at carrying the ball. He's great at pressing. He holds on to it. He very, very loses it. I wanted Jordan Henderson on the right of a tree for the simple reason I want to see the effect it has on Trent and Salah who for me have been two of the poorer players in the last couple of games. And I think it's affected them greatly that Henderson isn't there. A, because he does so many little things for them that lets them progress in their game. And B, he holds that midfield to a terrific standard that I think falls at times. And I, I even mean by standards of, why aren't we closer to our forwards? Why aren't we compressing this game? Like we said the other night, they're miles away from each other. Why is this game so fucking open and big massive gaps Liverpool don't play like that unless they're sitting back and going let's make it massive gaps and, and you know expose people but but like that's why I wanted Jordan Henson there the reason and, and I get your I get your point about about chance and all I really really do but uh, my thing is as good as the arm we're not conceding I think that it's having a really, really adverse effect on our forward game as a whole not just the front three that's that's just me watching it as a normal football fan watching it, I just feel that, like, don't get me wrong. If we have if we have Matip and Fabinho there, and we have Henderson in from the start with Wijnaldum and, and Thiago, I think we win the game. I, think, I genuinely think we win the game. So, so the key point you're saying is is Henderson as opposed to the the centre backs. It's not having Henderson at the back. You want him in midfield to provide that protection for for Trent and Salah to go and create. Yes, yeah, because because yeah. I, I I've watched on numerous occasions in a football ground Jordan Henderson play on the right of a tree and the stuff he does for his right back and the guy that 
is literally the forwardest man on the forward on the pitch all times for Liverpool, regardless if, if he's meant to help Trent in Mo Salah. The things he does for them and opens up the game and puts doubts into opposition's mind is 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 it's invaluable. It's invaluable. I I, I genuinely mean that. Um, Avi says, "Can Mister Brack give us a wave, top top man?" I, there you go, wave. Um, Michael Ramsey's back. He says, uh, "Continue dreaming, cheap club, will not buy a centre back." City tried DM last season as centre back, and we all see where they finished. Centre back is a specialist position. I agree with you. I agree with you. But the only thing I would say is, Fabinho has got experience playing in a back four, and I think he's he's that defensively tuned in that moving back 10, 15 yards on the pitch. Um, I, I think he's I think he's absolutely fine if you put. A either an, a really really good centre back or an experienced centre back beside him. I don't think it's an issue, lads. The, I think Jamie's hit the nail on the head. He said, "Look, people are saying we're done and we're all. I don't think we are for a minute." But Chris, I'll come back to you. We're in January. We're six six days in, and you know we have whatever three or three weeks or so if we're we're going to make some signings or a signing or whatever it might be. But what do you want to see? A, on the pitch from Liverpool in the next three weeks and what do you want to see off the pitch? Not what you think they'll do. What would you like to see on and off the pitch in the next three weeks? Um, on the pitch, um, I, I'd like, off, sorry, off the pitch, I'd like, I think we need three. Bring it in is what I would like. Whether we'll do it is no matter. I think you need a centre-back. So some of the ilk of a, I don't know, we've been Botman or something like that. Someone who can basically come in, has got enough, you know, young, so we'll play alongside Fabinho or a Matip and give them the option. And then Liverpool will never do this, but I would actually go for someone like, I know Chris wasn't a fan of it, is it um, the Argentinian centre-back who's free at the moment? Is it Correa? Yeah. He's not great, but he's a steady Eddie, and you just keep him as your fourth choice. So when it comes to, like, say if we get past Villa and you get a favourable draw, you put him in with, like, a Williams and just go, literally, you're just going to come and just play cup games, sit on the bench, and be a bit of an experienced head for a Williams or a Phillips to learn off. And then I would actually try and pinch the United plan of look what Cavani's done for them. I've seen someone saying a lot of people keep saying like you know um, United were two nil down Southampton, but they won three two. The key was they brought on a fourth attacking option in Cavani, who's in form. Now I know we've got Jota, but they're all very similar. So there's part of me things. Would it be such the worst case world if you had someone like a Giroud or someone of that ilk who's an experienced forward will accept being on the bench? But it would just be something different for us to run. And that doesn't mean Liverpool lump it long. But some of the crosses we're putting in with Robertson and uh, Trent, you're not telling me the last 10, 15 minutes ago, someone like a Giroud wouldn't just eat them up. And it just gives them a bit different. Uh, on the pitch, I think until we get a comfortable back line, I think we're always going to struggle up front because I agree what you said about Henderson. I think he allows Salah and Trent to cheat in terms of Salah goes inside a lot more, almost plays as a, sec- as a second striker, and Trent basically plays as a winger, and he does all his running for him. That's why they don't look tired. But the biggest thing for Liverpool is the pace of uh, the passing is so slow. It's so easy to get back into shape at the moment, and Liverpool haven't played this slow for ages. Liverpool can play methodical, all teams do to preserve energy, but when we're in attack, it's not the snap, not the quickness, not the quick one-touches that we always see from them. Uh, now, I think maybe a Jota coming back will bring that, but we're not going to have him back for a little while yet, so... They're the things I bring in. I personally think we'll, if we're lucky, we'll, we'll bring in a centre back, and that's it. Mm. Paul, 
when you look at this when you look at this January like um, I'm with Chris a little bit uh, I would actually bring in a forward if Diva Carigi is available to go and you can bring somebody in I would absolutely bring somebody in because I think part of the problem is the lack of competition for that front three since Jota's gone you've seen a severe drop off now Phil was saying the other night in the pod he thinks there's a massive effect on Mane because of the Covid situation uh, and also um, Salah so I don't know whether that's a long term not a long term thing but it takes you a while to get over your body and stuff like that but I think the drop off since Jota's gone has been noticeable and I think it's a lack of competition I think players can just get into a mindset of well, no one else to play you know fuck it today you know no I'm not saying they don't have the mentality that they want to win but I've seen a drop off but what do you want to see um, this January with regards to transfers and what would you like to see on the pitch what what would you like to see changed or what would you like to see see us do more of well, I'd like on the pitch, I'd like us to start playing the game at 10 yards further up the pitch a bit more. Uh, just because, like, say, for example, when you, when you watch the Newcastle game, it was noticeable as soon as Thiago came on, it was like a different game. And we were very much playing, as I say, much further up the pitch. And, you know, the, the chances, whilst they weren't taken, as Jamie quite rightly says, you know, the chances were coming thick and fast and, and they couldn't get out at all. And just, I just didn't really see that too much against Southampton at all. So it'd be just good to kind of get back to our fundamentals a little bit. Now, in terms of what I would like to see happen in the window, um, this is where I have a little bit of a problem because I'm, I'm ever the realist and I'm always thinking about what would actually happen rather than what I would like to have happen. I mean, quite frankly, if you were going to go completely, you know, money, no object, no other alternative, like I would honestly would like us to go out and get the best available centre back. Like literally, um, in terms of whether or not it'd be, you know, someone like uh, an upper Meccano, which, yes, I do know that we're playing them in the Champions League, but this is a blue sky thinking situation where it's like money, no object, and who cares? So I'd like to say someone like him brought in. Um, I think, actually, I really like Chris's idea about having a wily old head, like a proper experienced forward who knows their way around the penalty box and you know, someone who knows the league pretty well. So I agree with Chris, I think someone like Giroud or just a really, really experienced front man just to give us a completely different option, someone who's good with the heads, someone who can get on the end of something, someone who can be a little bit of a, shall we say, a fox in the box, just something with a little bit more guile and, you know, isn't actually quite, you know, afraid to goal hang would be quite good. But in terms of, as I say, you know, the defensive thing is, is paramount to me because, you know, the, going back to the Henderson situation, I was a little bit disappointed that he played the game at Southampton at centre-back because I think the loss of what you get from him in midfield is greater than the benefit of playing him, you know, accepting someone like a Nat Williams or a Reese Williams, sorry, Nat Phillips or a Reese Williams, who is a specialist in that position, even though they're young, even though they're inexperienced, they are still specialists in that position and you do lose out. So for me, a body in at centre back, whether it's Botman, whether it's Upper Meccano or somebody, who can do the job and also potentially be a long-term solution for us and be a third, fourth-choice centre-back would be absolutely paramount for me. But as I say, 
if we get that in, then what happens on the pitch happens. We get to play the game 10 yards further up the pitch. We get to squeeze teams a little bit more and we get to go back to the fundamentals of what makes us so good. Uh, Jono says, Gav, so should we sign another forward because Jota is injured? We can't keep signing players anytime someone gets in. No, that's not what I'm saying at all, Jono. What I'm saying is Jota will come back and that will enhance competition. But... Look, Origi's coming on the pitch for Liverpool and he's doing nothing for us. He's not having any impact. He's not changing a game. He's not changing the way we play. He, he's even, that's if he even gets on. So when he doesn't get on and we're playing like this, when does he get on? When he does get on, he comes on last minute against West Brom and we just keep doing what we're doing. Uh, what I'm saying is if you can move Origi out and bring someone in that would just have an impact, I think that jolts the front three. Now, Dan Jay says, We've won 7 nil and beat Spurs since then. The front three always had one or two not in form. It's not even that it's not in form. It's Something doesn't look right to me. Now, I could be completely wrong, but just something doesn't look right to me. And I don't know whether it's just a drop-off in effort or, or the COVID stuff, which, hands up, it could be. And listen, we have to just be patient with these players. But even at that... I just think it makes perfect sense to go, well, he's not playing. People want him. Let's get him. And can, is there anybody else we can get in? Like I mentioned the Poy the other day. Now, I don't know, is the Poy the right personality for Liverpool? But he's the sort of fella in my eyes that could make an impact for Liverpool. You know what I mean? That That's just the way I feel about it. Jamie, come on now. <laughs> you told me you're going to do positivity all over the place. So four or five signings in, um, <laughs> 200, 200 million in, in January and everything's yeah, great. You read me mind, mate. Um, no, I, for me, I, I actually... We have to sign a centre-back. Now, if we go back to to last summer, everybody likes to say that it was negligent of Liverpool to not sign a centre-back at that time. Look, let's be honest. I, I at the time, didn't think we needed to sign a centre-back. Um, you cannot foresee what has happened to Virgil van Dijk. Um, he pretty much plays every single minute. That is a, a freak accident that you can't plan for. Then for it to happen to Joe Gomez, we, we, we basically had four... Um, four capable uh, centre-backs, one of which would have been Fabinho. And for me, I know people are saying in the comments they want to see him in midfield. There is no bigger fan than me of Fabinho in midfield. He's the best in his position in the world, in my opinion. That said, I actually think he's been one of the best centre-backs in the Premier League when he's been playing at centre-back. I think Liverpool have more than enough if we can keep Jordan Henderson in midfield. But to do that, we have to sign a centre-back. I've I've completely changed my opinion from last summer now. In I cannot understand a world where Liverpool do not sign a centre-back this, uh, this window. Now, I understand where the club come from. We are not scattergun in our approach. We do not st- stockpile players anymore. We do not look for short-term solutions, and I totally understand that. But Liverpool's uh, transfer committee, if you will, led by Michael Edwards, they work two windows uh, ahead. So they have so many players at their disposal that we should be able to bring in earlier. We were speaking today in the WhatsApp group, Gav, about um, the cycle of this football team. I said at the start of the season, I felt this was this squad's last uh, last push together. I felt that there would be some surgery. I think players would naturally look to leave. Ginny Wijnaldum potentially being one of them. He's won everything with us. He wants his move to Barcelona. Who can, who can deny him that? I think there will be a few more. I think there was going to be some big surgery in, in the team in the summer. Exciting, some of it. Um, a lot of players would be moved on. I just think some of that now has to be accelerated. We have to prioritise a centre-back. The challenge we face now is FSG, whether we like it or not, they will not pull the trigger unless this player is going to, A, help us for the long term, 
or B, retain um, sell-on value. That's what's going to hold this transfer back. If you said to me now, do I think we'll do it? Yes, I do. Is there a chance we won't? Potentially, if the deal isn't out there, I, I think Liverpool might not pull the trigger. And in my personal opinion, happy to be proved wrong, I think that is a needless risk that could make this season much more difficult than it needs to be because we can't rely on Joel Matip. I think it's a hell of an ask for Williams and Phillips to play blocks of games. I think I think those two are absolutely capable and it's shown in the likes of the game against Spurs. They can come in for the odd game, put in a performance and we move on. But if you're going to be asking if Joel Matip is injured for them to play blocks of games, we're going to come unstuck. And that's no re- uh, reflection on their ability. It's just they haven't we're, we're pushing for a league title here. You know, this isn't there's not there's no room for error. This isn't us fighting for European places. There's no room for error particularly against this city side now who look like they're starting to most. So for me we have to sign a centre-back. Um, I, I just can't understand a world where uh, where we don't. And then I think in midfield, if you're able to get Henderson, Thiago and Ginny and Cater, if, he, if he's fit, rotating based on performance and opposition, this Liverpool team are, are the best team in the league, in my opinion. I still think we're better than Manchester City. We just need to get the front three firing fit and confident again. Chris, you said something before, mate, that, that kind of rang true to me. when. We're, we're, we're taking too many touches. We're not moving the ball at speed and we're not playing on instinct. And I I, found, I I find, and I found it as a player when I wasn't confident, you always have to take that extra touch to reassure yourself rather than playing on instinct. When those front three play on instinct, there's no one better. We just need to get a centre-back in and get them fit and firing. And, and, and I think we'll, we've more than enough. So I heard from my sister's friend's cousin that Coles has the lowest prices of the season and had to see for myself. For real, the deals are so good. I got my kids' summer tees for $5.99, a cute swimsuit for myself for $17.99, and a shark vacuum for $199.99, which will be great after Sandy Beach Days. I got Kohl's cash, too, and I got it all in less than an hour with free store pickup. So, yeah, summer, I'm ready for you. Select styles ends May 23rd. Some exclusions apply. See store or kohls.com for details. Yeah, it's... it's <clears throat> I agree with you. I think, you know, people in the chat there are saying, you know, um, he does, you know, we don't do short term, but this is an emergency. And it most definitely is an emergency because, you know, Van Dijk is out and we've seen that, but the, the Gomez stuff is way more worrying. You know, we, he put out a picture the other day of him on a bike in front of a TV. I think he got the Peloton app or something, I don't know. But um, he, he he looks like he's, he's doing a little bit of movement, but, you know, the, the, there's no word coming from him. And, and I think that's worrying. So, you're probably look, yeah, and you're probably looking at you're probably looking at saying, listen, regardless, you're looking, you you might need two centre halves if you're going to if you're going to stick with Fabinho there and you, and Van Dijk comes back, you know, um, Matip is there. What do you do with him? You probably need to. So you know, of course, Olive is being talked about today, and we'll get to him in a little bit. Chris, let's say we sign us. I'll tell you what. I'll give you all the scenario, and you can all answer it right. We sign a we sign a, a centre back. It can be any centre back you want in your own head, right? Because I know Paul's on drugs tonight. And we're signing people for eighty and ninety million quid for the laugh, but <clears throat> it can be any centre half you want, right? So I'm just going to give you a centre half, a centre half in the next ten days. What are your expectations for the rest of the season, Chris? Title run. Okay, and. Is it a tight run you think we come out on top of? Or I was going to say, are you sitting on the fence there, Chris? Yeah, a little on, bit. Uh, it's a tight run. And 
I think it's I think he's still squeaking it, but I think it's tight. Okay, and only, only, only because I'm I'm waiting to see how this attacking midfield is going to shape up. It gives us more options if we have a centre half, and I think that's all we're going to get. I still think we need two. That's why if we got if we get the two in, I would say titles title title on us. Um, if it's just a centre half, I think it's us finishing no lower than second, and probably hopefully just squeaking it. Okay, uh, Paul, that big centre half's coming in. Um, we've no money left because you you were in charge of transfers, but <laughs> he's called Sacco. He's he's still in London getting his Achilles looked at. That's the real reason he was sent home. America's in Liverpool. Um, but. Paul, I give you a centre half, whatever one you want in your own head. What are you looking for from this season? Is it a case of that fixes it, or are you still thinking still players out of form? We need to we need to prove ourselves again a little bit. Mm. I think with where we're currently at at the moment, I think it's going to be either the league or the Champions League. It's not going to be both. And I think depending upon how it goes in the next month or so, I think you might see a prioritisation happen. So I think personally, I would like to see us go for the league again because that's the more important thing. But I wouldn't be surprised that if things don't go the way that we want in the next month or so, that we put place a bigger emphasis on the Champions League. Okay. I think if we get a centre-half in, we win the league. I've no doubt in my mind. Oh, my um, God. Well... I, I tell you what, and it's it's something you said to me. You said earlier about dealing in definitives. See, you're getting on a roll now, are they? Really? Uh, they're yeah. looking, you yeah. know, they're, like they're looking good. They put some games together. That's it, you know. Three in a row. The and same way. The same. Look at their forward fixtures. Their next six games until they oh, play us are oh, tasty for them. Yeah, they are but tasty. you know what that is, Paul. Do you know what that is? <coughs> it's all holding our nerve. They they probably will get a lot of those wins, but as as a fan base, um, uh, as a club, we've just got to hold our nerves and back ourselves. Mm-hmm. We've done this mm-hmm. over two seasons, and we've never gone away. This is where why I don't understand why people just. They doubt this team. Yeah, we're up against it. But we've come over bigger hurdles than this. And there's, you know, we're, we're three points behind, if you will, um, at this stage. And we haven't even got close to top form yet. And we've got mm. players to come back. And our front three have been nowhere near the level that they're at. Imagine if they do. We blow the league away. Now, that's not me living, you know, in an idealistic world. I'm just looking at the body of work that this squad has been able to put together. We haven't had a lot of luck, and I don't like talking about that, but a lot of things have gone against this Liverpool team. Mm. It, it can only get better. We've just got to hold our nerves, keep keep in there, and we we are well capable of stringing seven, eight wins together without a shadow of a doubt. I think the first team, the first team that puts seven or eight in, in from here on in, seven or eight, Wins together, wins. No one's touching them. And I know there's 20 left. But if you put seven or eight together, everyone else goes, fuck that. Not yeah. having that. And especially with the side distractions of maybe Europa League and Manchester United's case, Champions League, most definitely in Man City's case. And, you know, Spurs, if they're still around the place, um, you're in Europa League. There's a couple of Europa Leaguers in there at the moment that you go, um, yeah, they'll probably just go, oh, I can't be arsed with that. I'm not chasing that because I'm not going to get it. Eunice says, lads, I think we need a clinical backup striker. I agree with you, Eunice. I would like to see someone that's just an impact player. Just an impact player. 15 minutes every game, bring him on, put him in the box and see what happens. A bit of a madness. I, I, I'm absolutely with you on that. Um, yeah, but for me, I think I think if you bring in a centre back, and you, if we can bring in a centre back and get Henderson, Wijnaldum, Thiago, um, them three on the pitch on decent form um, for 
majority of the rest of the season I think we win the league I think I think you're right Jamie and what you're saying about holding nerve I'm, it's probably the best way to put it I'm just thinking of I'm not really thinking about nerves I'm just thinking about a date in January where I get to look at the league table see how we're fixed injury wise and go right what can we do because I, I, I've completely written off Virgil van Dijk and go Joe Gomez now I'm just literally going that's the players we have can we do it yes I think we absolutely can the centre back thing is, is crucial though it has to be somebody I think it has to be somebody that comes in and straight away the the rest of the players look around and go, he's the business. Because because if you bring in somebody and you go, he'll need a bit of time, he need a bit of mind, and then you're looking at Henderson, you know, Wijnaldum, Thiago, the F- Fabinho, trying to mind somebody a little bit, and it and it can get you six to eight weeks down the line, and you're you're starting to find form, but you find you find you're a bit behind. If you bring someone in and they're the business, and you go, they are the business, they're just fucking really good. Everyone else gets bright. Everyone else gets a lift from it. And do, do you know the big thing for me, Gav, with the centre back? Yeah, it's the two traits. Two traits. I, I I think we need. And Paul touched on it before about us being able to squeeze the pitch and play a higher line. I don't think we've got the players to do that at the moment because I don't think we've got the pace at the back. You can push Allison out and get him to play sweeper keeper, but I just I don't think we've got the players for it. For me, if we bring in a centre back that a has pace and and b has it can distribute the ball. I think one thing I have I've been surprised by how much we haven't missed. Um, Van Dyke's aerial presence. I think on the on the whole, touch wood, we've dealt with a lot of things quite well, give or take West Brom. Um, one thing I think we have missed is Van Dyke's distribution, and I think yeah. the front three have missed that. You know, look at the way Southampton were able to press us and, and pen us in and put us under pressure. I think that's why Henderson was probably pushed to centre back um, because he's he's calmer on the ball and he can distribute it well. He can go short or long. I think. For the long term, if we really want to push, we have to bring in a centre-back that can play. He can play. He can basically turn us from defence into attack and get Mane, Salah, um, Firmino breaking at, at speed. That If we brought in somebody that, that was quick and allowed us to push the, and condense the pitch, like Paul says, and, and allow us to go long sometimes when needed, I, I think we're in business. Mm, Farid Adil says uh, Felix Udakoy from Augsburg is the rumour there's loads going around and, and we'll, we'll, we'll throw a few names at it just before we go um, so why not if Chris can do it so can we um, Paul I'll come to you you know overall I think we're, we're 40 minutes into this podcast and I think you know we, we've been fairly realistic over the issues we've had this season we've been fairly honest on the on the form and, and what we've seen over the last couple of games we're quite optimistic on the rest of the season but we're looking for we're looking for certain things to absolutely 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 I suppose bolster our confidence. Just a couple of things that I wanted to say. And one player in particular, and it's Trent. He's come in for a bit of a bit of um not abuse, but if you know, people having a little bit of a go. We gave the ball away so many times against Southampton and stuff like that. You're gonna get that from Trent because of the types of pass he tries from right back. No other right back in the world tries what he tries. It's as simple as that. But is there something in this Paul where you think it's, it's, I think he's missing Henderson. I'm going to say it, but is is it something where he's just he's a lack of confidence? He's out of form. It, just a culmination of a few things and nothing to really worry about. He'll be back and he'll be back soon enough and firing again. I mean, I think he will eventually, but I think this also, as you quite rightly touched upon, I think this is where some of the imbalance in the squad really starts to show itself because, as you say, Jordan Henderson tends to do a lot of Trent dirty work for him. And unfortunately for Trent, he's also got, well, I say unfortunately, but he's got Salah on that side with him. And Salah doesn't do the same kind of 
you know, tracking back that Mane will do for Robertson on the other side. So he is a little bit more exposed and all you need is a little bit of a dip in form and those things tend to come together. Now with Trent, it's worth reminding us ourselves that he's 22 and what he has done in the last few years since he broke through is absolutely astonishing and remarkable and you know, not that he's entitled to have a dip in form, but these dips in forms are, are form are going to happen with young players. Even though he's the best right back in the world right now, by a mile, in my opinion, he's still a relatively young player. So we also have to kind of bear that in mind a little bit that on occasion these things are going to happen. And, you know, let's be honest. I mean, obviously we've got Nico Williams as his deputy, but he doesn't really have. Uh, we don't really have like a second option there. So there's a lot on him because Nico is, is very good. But again, he's very green and he's learning. And like Jamie was saying about, you know, Reese Williams and Nat Phillips, you know, he's not really capable of playing a sustained run of games in order to be able to give Trent a rest or also give him some proper competition for his place, which would keep him maybe a little bit more on, on edge, so to speak. So I think. I think some of the criticism is a little bit harsh, considering he's also been injured in recent times as well. And and these things are going to happen, but you you play your way out of these kind of dips in form, and that's what he's going to have to do because you know the other options like Nico Williams, etc., they're not going to quite get to that kind of level. So you know he will be back eventually, but you've got to play your way through these things. You do have to play our way through these things, but like a lot of people in the chat are saying he's just being really, really poor. And he has. For me, he has. I, I, you know, people are saying he's not sprinting back. Um, Jonathan Tracy doesn't believe he's the best right back in the world. Um, he doesn't believe it at all. But Chris, I'm, when I see a player and they're not playing well, I tell you they're not playing well. And, and Trent's not being playing well. And sometimes I'll have a go at players and sometimes I'll give them a little bit of, little bit of leeway and I'm trying to give this team as much leeway as I can simply because of the of what's happening around them over the last couple of months you know like all, all clubs have been affected by COVID and stuff like that but what I mean was you know they've seen two of their big players in, in both the centre-halves go out for the season they've seen their new signing come in and nearly get folded in half by Richarlison you know it's just been one of those seasons where they've had a lot thrown at them and I'm trying to give as much leeway as I can but we do we need to see something from Trent and others, I think, in the next couple of weeks before we seriously have to say, listen, you're, you're absolutely brilliant. You're not on form. You're not playing well. It's really starting to affect us now. And the leeway is gone. We need to start making changes. Ain't no place like a cowboy place. Ain't no time like a cowboy time. Ain't no way like the cowboy way. Have a cowboy kind of day. Yeah. Try the new big sky burger at Roy Rogers. It's Smithfield pulled pork, beer battered onion rings, American cheese, and spicy barbecue sauce on a Kaiser bun. Have a cowboy kind of day at a rose, ain't no way you're going wrong. Hey, yeah. DoorDash and Uber Eats available at participating restaurants. I feel with Trent at the moment, you're probably pretty close there. He was, um, two hours at times, it's not his fault. Everyone has these, these dips, but again, Southampton, it felt like you were playing with 10 men at times. Because I get people, you know, you have bad form where you, you lose the ball or you, you don't get your crossing right. But if you if you want to pick holes, you look at the first goal and that's schoolboy stuff, which is follow the ball. 
you know, the ball's coming to you, and his strategies are very clever. When you, I mean, not be funny, we all know what Danny Ings can do. Just get yourself in line with it and just lump it sometimes. But the other thing that has helped Trent over the last couple of years is, I know we're not a fan of it, but it's been Joe Gomez who can play right back and Milner can play right back and they're both injured. I mean, Milner's coming back now. But there has been time where Klopp sometimes spotted the dip he's in now. He's probably spotted it two, three weeks early and gone, right, you're out for a game. I'm going to throw Joe Gomez at right back. I'll put Lovren at centre-back and we'll just be a bit more solid and we'll just put it all through Robbo and we'll just make we'll make do. And then he brings him back in because then he's a bit revitalised, which is a 22-year-old you probably need. Like Jones is probably going to get now. I don't think you'll see Jones for a few weeks. I think he's going to get the the, the watching brief just to say, look what you look what Tiago does, what Henson does, look what you need to work on, and then throw him back in against like West Ham or something. And I think that's been the problem for Trent. I don't think we've had the opportunity to take him out uh, because if we take him out, you then go in. It's an inexperienced right back in Williams with an inexperienced centre back in Williams or Phillips with a with Fabino who is a new centre back, which then means we can't rest Robertson either because otherwise. You go with so much inexperience. It's it's kind of a knocking effect. So I think he's being played through probably when he needs a break. He's probably needs a break for a couple of weeks. Dan Jay says Trent has always taken six to eight games to regain top form after injury. He needs to play through it. He'd be fine come February. Um Jamie, one, do you agree with that? And two, is it a case of I know Nico Williams gets a bit of stick every now and then, but has he been a victim of circumstance? Because like Chris says, he's not coming into it you know, a Gomez, Van Dijk, Robertson back four and looking to play. He's coming in with God knows who beside him. Fabinho coming in from midfield and Robertson being played every week. Has he been a bit of a victim as well that he hasn't got in the team that he thought he was going to get into and, and, and nurture his way through? Um, no, I, I think there's some truth in, in what Dan's saying. What I would say about Trent is um, I think he's a generational talent. I've said this before. I, I think he's an incredibly gifted footballer. Um but I think his poor, his form has been very, very poor. Um, I think it's for a couple of reasons. Uh, I, I think you bang on the money with the Henderson shout, Gav. I think there was a, a period of time where Henderson was missing last season and, and uh, Trent suffered a similar kind of dip. Henderson is the glue to the structure of this football team. Um, so for, for me... When he isn't in his natural position, um, you can you can hear him. He, he he manages people through games, and and I'll be honest, like I I, I look at, I looked at Trent, and I think the first time he got the ball against Southampton, his first touch, he sliced it out of play. I thought, and it was it was under no pressure, and I thought that's strange. It, it, it's the, the the age old thing you play play your way into a football game, you know, uh, easy passes to start in, keep it simple, and and you'll play yourself into form. It seemed like ever since he made that mistake, he was try he was trying too hard. He he seems awfully short of confidence. What I would say with Trent is he's a risk taker. So I know there's a stat doing the rounds. I think he gave away the ball more times than any player in the Premier League this year. Trent had a stinker. Let's put it on the table. What I would say is Trent is a risk taker. It's very similar to the likes of uh, Louis Garcia uh, years ago. He tries clever passes. Trent plays everything with pace and power and fires things into the box in the hope that it will kind of skip through people's legs and a striker will be able to anticipate it and get a touch. So I think there needs to be some context with, with that stat. What I would say is Trent could probably do with some time out of the team, but he's one of those players where, like Dan says, he's a rhythm player. He needs to get back in into that rhythm. Um, I would be against playing Nico, and I've said this in on a podcast previously. Nico is a, is a solid fullback, but Liverpool 
in our system don't need solid fullbacks. We need somebody to be a, a bit more of a, a bit more expansive to take a chance to try and beat a man to whip across in early. Nico, and this is look. I think you're right. A, a victim of circumstance. He's being asked to come in and mirror what Trent Alexander Arnold does, and there's no one in world football, or maybe one one or two that can that can do what he does. Nico will get. 70, uh, 70% up the pitch, cut back inside and played a, a simple pass inside. It comes very predictable, especially when we're playing against a, a low block, becomes very congested in the middle and it, and it really does blunt our attacks. So I would be of the thinking, look, Trent's having a stinker. Let's, let's get in. Let's get supporting, uh, get behind him. He's a top, top talent. And if we're to, to retain this league title, we're going to need him, uh, you know, at the, at, at the front of this side, driving us on. Um, get Henderson back into midfield and I don't think we'll have a problem. Yeah, I'm I, I'm I'm absolutely the same thinking. I think if you can if you can get you know for me Fabinho Thiago Henderson is the midfield for me I just want to see. But if you have to go Thiago Henderson Wijnaldum and you get Henderson on that right side, I think it I think it has a massive effect. Now people will say oh you're loving fucking Henderson again and it's not that it's just the system and the functionality. <laughs> well you will. But um <laughs> But it's the system, it's the functionality within, it's that min- functionality and that mini system that they have that's so effective for us. And listen, if a centre half comes in and like they, lads say, they've good distribution, I think that's an extra plus as well because it opens up things for the likes of Mane Salah. And you start to see them click a bit more. That's why I said leeway earlier because I think it's only going to take one little notch somewhere here and everything will start clicking and, and, and being well-oiled again. Mahez from Tottenham Blog says, Trent remains street ahead of every right back in the league. He will come back better than ever. I've put that I've put that comment up for two reasons. One, it's a good comment. And two, Mahez Tottenham Blog has his own YouTube channel. Go and subscribe to it. Um, it's really good. I've been on it. It's really good. He's a lovely, lovely fella. He does really good content. He does sports stuff. He talks about Premier League and stuff like that. But the reason I'm t- saying that is because last week, um, somebody in their fucking mad mind decided to um, have a go at Mahez on Twitter, pretending to be him, saying stuff, copying his tweets, saying outrageous stuff, and Matt was getting the blame for it. So if you have seen any of that, it wasn't Matt doing that. Um, and you'll understand if you go and watch his YouTube channel that he's just not that fella. Um, he's just not like that at all. So go and subscribe to him. And I just wanted to say that because I've seen his name. And listen, he doesn't need that sort of shit. He's a young lad trying to do um, what we're doing. Um, and he needs the support, not people just being pricks, to be perfectly honest with you. Sorry for that. There, there was a comment there that come in from Stephen O'Connor. He makes a point on Milner. If we're talking about fullbacks, he says Milner mm-hmm. can't get up the pitch either from right back. And I, and I think there's there's a degree in truth in that. But if you remember back, I think it was Leicester. I think we were excellent at Leicester and Milner played right fullback. What he does have, he fires the ball in to attack his feet early. So, all right, he's not going to be bombing on on the outside. But what he does is he was distributing the ball early with confidence and, and he was able to get the, the forwards in quickly and get them on the half turn. Nico Nico doesn't do that. Another thing to kind of think about as well, we go back to, to Henderson. If he gets into midfield, it will allow Thiago to flourish. I felt Thiago looked a little bit, look, I'm his biggest fan, don't get me wrong. He, you know. The, the game, the, yeah, I, I, I make no secrets of it, mate. My <laughs> missus just thinks it's weird. I've got a photo of him next to next to our bed, but look, that's another story. But um, yeah, we it, it when you looked at the way that Thiago played, the game passed him by. 
Um, it was it was very it was fast paced. Um, he, he couldn't get on the ball as much as he would like. I think having Henderson and Wijnaldum to to do a lot of the work in and around him would allow him to be smart and pick up those pockets where he can influence. Um, so I, I think that's going to be the key. Yeah, the, other, the, the other option we've got in the squad, if the fit, is if you're playing a midfield, say, of Thiago, Henderson and Cater, for example. Now, listen, it's probably going to be available for two games with the injury runs we're on at the moment. But that, they're two quite dynamic and they give you a different focal point from the middle, which then means you're not relying on a Trent, which means a, which means a Milner or a Williams can play because you're not relying on them to be bombed down the wing, you know, doing the presses that Trent can do because you've got a different function from the middle against a low back and you've still got the Robertson outlet. So get, they can then concentrate on their own game, which takes a bit of pressure off them. The problem they've got at the moment is we haven't got that bit of flair in midfield at the moment and we haven't got enough at the back. That evidence that has gone back to the old days of the two fullbacks have to do everything. And fortunately for, for Williams, it's like, well, you're not Trent. And he's like, well, he's never going to be. He's a different type of fullback. Doesn't mean he's bad. Uh, but he brings the other worry I've got for Liverpool is... I'm starting to get a feeling there's some fringe players we've got. Klopp doesn't seem to fancy. He's just not playing them. Now, I don't know if that's what's going on because the the Minamino one's the big one that everyone keeps bringing up. He was really good against, he looked really good against Palace and we haven't seen him since. And we could have done with someone like that, which makes me think, is the Dutch not doing something in training? We just don't know because he seems, Shakiri's another one that when they're fit, they're not thrown in or given many opportunities. They're still. If if break glass, I'll throw you in, and that's probably a, a surprise concern. Um, I mean, Shakira was probably a bit of a we took a pump because he had a buyout clause, and I don't know if Minimi is the same, but I'm just surprised some of the fringe players now we're starting to see like is the manager saying he doesn't fancy it? I mean, the fact he played, I, Henson, I was Henson, I, I I was flabbergasted that Oxley Chamberlain played midfield. You know what I mean? absolutely flabbergasted because you haven't seen him in months. He's he's come on a couple of times, I think, and I'm kind of going. So Hampton away, where it's going to be a fast-paced game, and you're putting this guy in. I, I couldn't get by. I think Minamino is a strange one, but he could be one. I still have something in the back of my mind that Klopp is absolutely trying to do his best with this player, and he doesn't want to be throwing him in over and over and over again. Um, I think you'll see. I th- I'd like to see more of him in the second half of the season, and I, I don't know if that's something the club are walking towards. And it's mm. just it's a, it's a special set of circumstances with this guy, and everyone's different. You know, everyone when mm. they arrive is different. How did he? How did he? You know, um, get involved with the club where they live, their surroundings, and maybe they've seen something. They're going, yeah, all right, he's a footballer, I know that, but maybe it's something where they just need to nurture him that little bit more. But I'd like to see more of him in the second half of of the season. Um, Footballprizes.co.uk, I'll remind you again, Jordan Henderson signed and framed jersey this week. Closes at 7.30 on Friday. Draw at 8.30 on Friday on Football Prizes Facebook. Find them on Twitter and find them on Instagram. They're really good lads and I just really want you to go and support them. It's 99 tickets max for this at £4.95. You can buy one, two, three. You can buy whatever you want. Um, but it's some brilliant Liverpool prizes every week. There's, there's Man United stuff in there. There's... Um, there's not everything. I was going to say everything. There's not. Um, there's there's loads of lead stuff. Wolves, Chelsea, Arsenal. There's loads of stuff in there. Um, for if you have family friends that that like you know their memorabilia and they support different club to you, um, absolutely point them in that direction. They're also going to be, I think, helping us out with something that we're doing, and that's Keen Strong. Um, hashtag Keen Strong. This is Keen Finnegan. Lives in America. He is a child that is a year old with brain cancer, recovering from brain cancer. Needs another twenty five odd thousand dollars. Um, for 
for his treatment and we're going to stay with this until he gets to it. The response has been brilliant so far. The link for that is also in the description. If you go in there, you can copy it and you can share it across your social media or if you can donate, you're absolutely brilliant. But we are working on something over we're trying to put the finishing touches to it before the end of January but basically there will be a lot a, a lot of prizes um, on offer for you will be buying a ticket but we're, we're working around football prizes are going to try to help us with that and everything we earn from it is going to this um, is going to this fund we've had brilliant help off of loads of people there's too many of them to mention but I will get a full list of them at some stage so if you go into the description you can read all about Keen you can see how he's progressing they put up they constantly put up updates for you but listen it's $25,000 which is fuck all in today's world for a guy a year old um, diagnosed with brain cancer for five months so please please if you just share it I'm happy because it'll get to somebody um, it'll get to a lot of people and they may donate if you can donate absolutely do so but please keep an eye out and try support us when we when we bring this draw to you because there's some fantastic prizes in it um, Paul I've made you head of transfers at the LFC Day Trippers <laughs> for the next <laughs> nine to ten minutes if that's okay so um I want to start on Gino Wijnaldum because there's a bit of talk around today that he has rejected a deal from Liverpool or it's not going to happen or something along them lines. It's just, it depends where you read it. But what's your feeling on this one now? Because I'm looking going, aha, you can start talking to people now. I would expect an announcement um, one way or the other fairly soon. Either he's staying or he's leaving. I don't think it's going to be I'm signing for such and such. I think you'll see an announcement fairly soon. What do you make of this? I mean, obviously I'm gutted. If that is the case, that he isn't going to sign a new contract from you know a completely partisan Liverpool perspective, and being a fan and being a massive fan of him and how he's played and the service and the professionalism that he's given to the club, if I put myself in the shoes of the player, I'm going to be completely honest with you. I would, I would be doing something fairly similar. Um, and I try and look at it from Ginny's perspective, and you know Jamie touched upon it earlier. He's won everything that's worth winning with us. And it may well be a similar situation to when Thiago came to us and he left Bayern. He'd done everything at Bayern. Won multiple Bundesligas, won the Champions League, did the treble just before he went out the door. And I wouldn't blame the guy if he wanted to go and have a new challenge. Um, I mean, everyone's saying Barcelona. At the moment, I believe Barcelona can't even afford 50p for the meter, from what I'm hearing. And he can't, they can't even afford the likes of Mustafi from Arsenal. So where are they going to get, you know, because again, like, all right, they might be able to sign Ginny for free in the summer, but they're still going to have to give him a massive signing-on fee. And, you know, they're even struggling to do that, apparently. But is, so, a, mess- you know, is, a, is a messy going, though, so that, that does release... Well, I mean, that depends on the outcome of the Barcelona presidential election, surely. And also, it depends now with Pochettino at PSG. It depends on what happens there. Mm-hmm. It depends on what happens. It's you know, Obviously, Pep signed his new contract at City. Um, I mean, Messi's talking about playing in America. So, you know, that kind of mm-hmm. tells you where he's at in his career. Um, the thing I've heard about with Genie is that I've heard the rumblings of Inter Milan, which, you know... They are contenders in Italy, and he may well decide that he wants to go and tag a Serie A title on top of the Premier League he's already won and add Mm. that medal to his whole thing. So from a player's perspective, again, I'm not going to roll out the line that I've talked about all the time about him not getting paid as much, and everybody knows that. But probably from where that... It's right. It's absolutely right, but we all know it. At the end of the day, I've just seen in the comment there, you know, he's on 75 grand a week and Shaq's on 120, apparently. 
you know, so it's it's fairly absurd the situation. So I wouldn't blame him if he wants to go and get, as I mentioned before in previous podcasts, three solid seasons in a really top tier European team where he feels like he's going to win a couple of league championships and possibly go long in the Champions League or in the Europa League, and then do one back to Holland and finish his playing days where he started, as most Dutch players like to do. They like to go home to finish their careers. So, you know, I'm gutted because I think we need to keep the guy because I think he's just an incredible, versatile, hugely underrated player, and he's already a club legend in my eyes. But can't blame the guy, and he'll go with me best wishes. I just really hope he doesn't go to Barcelona. I just hope he goes to Inter and does something really good there. <laughs> hey, which glasses look better on me? Oh, what's this? Zenny's 3D virtual try-on. Pretty cool, right? Hmm. Uh, I don't know about the purple cat eyes. I think they're fun. What about these tortoiseshell glasses? Or these rimless sunglasses? Oh, what about these clear frames? Wait, are those prices real? Do they have glasses for men? Yep. They also have affordable blue light glasses. Seriously? At those prices? Get them all. I like where this is going. Zenni.com. Quality prescription glasses starting at six ninety five. Um, <laughs> OK, before we move on, somebody asked there about Super Chats being donated. And it's, it's give me an idea. If you want to donate your Super Chat to that appeal, um, I don't mind. Um, the Super Chats that come into us are used to literally keep us going, pay for different things and keep us going. But I have no issue with people just putting in a Super Chat and at the end of it, right, donate at the end of your comments and we will keep a list on them and we'll add them all up as we go. And at the very end, we'll donate everything to Keen Strong. I have no issue whatsoever with that. So if you want to print a Super Chat, if you don't, like, people don't, some people don't have PayPal. They don't like using um these GoFundMe pages. They don't, you know, oh, I'm going to use, giving me card details. So if you want to, if you want to do it through, um, YouTube, which is nice and safe, and you want to print a super chat and just wrote donate on it if you want. I'll put a comment in, and um, you get two for the price of one. Then, um, absolutely do that, and we we'll keep a track on it. And I, I gather all up and, and send it on a on a weekly basis to them. That's absolutely no issue. I have no problem with that whatsoever. So, um, I think we've covered Ronaldo quite well, Jamie. Um, you've pictures of all the Liverpool players around your bedroom and stuff like that. Um, all the family ones are in the in the box room. Um, so what would I, what would you do if I told you that Liverpool have offered uh, David Alaba 200 grand a week to, jo- to, jo- to join Liverpool in the summer? I'd be ecstatic. I don't think you'd find many fans that, that, that wouldn't be. I think you can't, there's no substitute for experience. Um, and as I said, I, I kind of feel like this team is is soon to be going through its kind of new evolution. I, I think Klopp has it in his head that he wants to leave Liverpool, build his kind of V2 Liverpool side. Uh, so, you know, when he does go, and I don't like talking about it, you know, this, this club is built for continued success. If you have the chance to bring in somebody of Alaba's, uh, Alaba's calibre, geez, there's a, there's a mouthful, uh, yeah. bring somebody in like that um, with the honours that he's won, the players that he's played with, the managers that he's played under, you, you have to do it. Um, that said, it, it has to be a, a realistic deal for FSG to uh, to, 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 to kind of sanction that. Um, but if it's if it's there to be done, mate, uh, yeah, you've, you've got to get it done. And, and like Paul was saying, I, I think, you know, if you look at somebody like Ginny, um, you know, Alaba can play multiple positions. This guy, Klopp likes multifunctional players. You know, if you're losing the likes of a Ginny and some other players, potentially Alaba can come in and, and fill a multitude of positions in this Liverpool side, which is such a massive asset to have. Um, just, I just wanted to just quickly go back just to Ginny for one thing. Footballers have to be selfish 
when they get to, to the last contract in their career, he owes us absolutely nothing. He's been an exceptional servant. I'd like to keep him, but at the same time, I totally understand that naturally players, you've got to remember, he's not a Liverpool fan. He's not grown up a Liverpool fan. He doesn't owe us anything. For a lot of foreign players, their dream, irrespective of where the two clubs sit at any given one time, is often to play for the likes of a Real Madrid or a Barcelona. If they come in for them, um, it's kind of like that ultimate box to tick. If he has the opportunity to go and he gets the contract that him and his family deserve, good luck to him. He should be he should be given a fantastic send-off. Um, and, and I wish him nothing but the best. But uh, it, just a quick point on transfers while we're on it. I'd be all over uh, Tielemans from Leicester. If Ginny does go, I think Tielemans is a, is a class act. He'd be the guy that I'd have at the front of the queue. Nice. Um, he has been mentioned a bit. I think he's only recently signed on permanently with Leicester, hasn't he? Probably just summer gone, maybe. Um, but he, he's a really, really good player. He really, really is. Um, Chris, about, so a lot of talk about Haller from West Ham going to Ajax tonight. Yeah, strange one because Moyes talks him up quite a lot. Um, but we'll have to wait. Have to wait and see. Um, Probably. Perhaps they can sell us per shares to balance the books. Yeah, maybe that's what people are saying as well. That's what people are saying. Uh, Chris, if, if only, if only it's that simple. Uh, listen, um, ask Paul. He's in charge of the transfers now. He'll be able. Yeah, to well, well, I'm sure. I'm sure Paul will release some sort of statement through some sort of um, uh, Twitter or some some accounting. Get a lend off afterwards. Um, he'll make a full statement <laughs> on Liverpool's transfer business before we leave. Um, you can have a lend of airs if you want. We don't care. Yeah, um, great smoke coming out of my house. That's how you'll know. Like the new Pope, right. it'll just be a blow <laughs> of smoke. Okay. Yeah. If there's Pope near Paul, if the Pope, if the Pope is near Paul's gaff, be very worried. But if there's great smoke <laughs> coming out of Paul's gaff. You know, there's something happening. Chris, before we go, um, give me a name on the centre half. I just want the name on the centre half. I'm gonna put. I'm gonna nail you here, Chris, because you're on the show with me tomorrow night previewing the FA oh. Cup. So, the, so I'm not gonna ask you the next question. So I want you to give me a centre half Liverpool sign before their window closes. Um, Botman. Yes, you're going with Botman. Grizz is um, backtracking on Botman in a big way. Um, he's not backtracking. He's he's basically. Grizz's point of view is that um, they have inquired. There has been no talks, and the price they're a little bit far apart on because Lille are struggling and want loads of money and Liverpool don't want to pay. Botman, there you have it. Uh, Chris has announced Botman will be signing for Liverpool, so that's great. Great news. Thanks uh, a lot. It's quite Twitter for me. Thanks a lot. <laughs> Thanks, Chris. And it's been an absolute pleasure. <laughs> Chris will, of course, will be on with me and Joe from Leeds TV for the Friday forecast tomorrow night, which is going to know towards you, but it's the last of the you know, weird Friday forecast days um, because the festive season is over. Thank God for that. Um Paul, uh, give me a prediction for Liverpool versus Aston Villa in the cup, please, before you go. I mean, it just it so depends on what team we play. Um, I mean, my my opinion on Klopp and the domestic cups is that I really don't think he cares. And I think, you know, I think he'll, he'll be quite happy to run it as far as he can with kids. So I think if the kids play, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if it's another defeat, but I do think Klopp looks at the domestic cups as an expendable thing, especially this season. Okay. Jamie, 
Um, going to test positivity now. You thought you, you, you thought you were getting away with it. Um, <laughs> Villa v Liverpool at the, on Friday night. Um, of course, we will have a show after that game as well. We're a match reaction. Um, I think Keith's hosting that one. Give us a prediction on that one, Jamie. Uh, I, I I think given the circumstance, I think we've got to we've got to go strong um, and 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 try and get. Uh, I, look, I think there'll be some players rotated. Um, I think you might see the likes of a Minamino in this game. I think we have perfect opportunities to give him some mm-hmm. game time. Um, I still think Liverpool have enough to do, to get the job done. I really like Villa. I have to say this. I, I think I love the way they play the game. I love uh, McGinn in midfield, and and I'm a, a huge, huge fan of Jack Grealish. I think they've got some great players. I think it'll be a tough game. Um, I think Liverpool have uh, have the ability, and hopefully, uh, the bit between the teams to go and get the job done. I'm going to go for a two-one win to Liverpool. Okay, I'm going to hold off because I'm doing that show tomorrow night. Um, but lads, it's been an absolute uh, pleasure as always. That has been your midweek fix. Jamie, thanks a million for joining us. We'll see you again soon. My pleasure as always. Just to remind everyone, keep the faith, everyone. Don't keep doubt this Liverpool team. Don't, you know what I mean? This, this is a team that have proven it over two seasons. We're going through our blip. We'll come out of it the other side. Keep the faith. It's our title to lose. Okay, Paul, thanks a million. Um, it's been a pleasure and we will send people around to the house for look for smoke if that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> Former old league queue, the lot of you. Okay. Will you serve drinks or anything like that? Will you look after them? Yeah, cans. Yes, <laughs> loads of cans. Don't yeah, send me a fucking well. invoice. Get, get arrested for doing that during a lockdown. Ah, you wouldn't. Sure, there's much worse things going on in the world. Sure, they're breaking into the centre for cans, aren't they? Um, so I wouldn't worry about going into your house. It'll be absolutely fine. But look, Chris, it's been a pleasure and we'll talk to you tomorrow night. Cheers for having me, mate. Speak tomorrow. Good stuff. As I said, um, tomorrow night is the last of the Weird Day Friday forecast. Uh, myself, Joe and Chris will be looking forward to the FA Cup tour round. Friday night, you will have the match reaction from Aston Villa versus Liverpool. We take Saturday off as we normally do. And we're back on Sunday with the Fatback 4. Um, as I said, have a look in the description for your link to um, the football prizes stuff. Have a look at the, the link for Keane as well to share or donate or whatever way you want to do with that. And um, enjoy the rest. Well, enjoy the rest of your week. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Hey, imagine if all your frustrations about advertising your business could be solved right now you should know that podcast listeners are more engaged in higher converting than any other advertising medium so try ad hub today and reap the rewards of spreaker self-advertising platform it makes it as effortless as ever to be heard by thousands regardless of the listening app they use visit spreaker.com forward slash ad hub that's s-p-r-e-a-k-e-r.com forward slash ad hub and start using your advertising dollars in an impactful way Oh, what's this? Zenny's 3D Virtual Try-On. Pretty cool, right? Wait, are those prices real? Do they have glasses for men? Yep, they also have affordable blue light glasses. Seriously? At those prices? Get them all. I like where this is going. Zenny.com. Prescription glasses starting at $6.95. Sports Social Podcast Network.